Welcome to the Dairy Dive. Today, we're going to dive deep into finance with Rob Seco CFO, Ryan Halls. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you so you learn just a little bit, a little bit. My whole life's been dairy farming. Some days you wonder if I ever milk cows. It's kind of just in the blood around here. I don't know what it is, but we like livestock. Buckle up. The Dairy Dive starts now. Well, hello, podcast audience. Welcome back to the Dairy Dive. This is Andrew Crabtree, and we're doing something just a little bit different today. So Scott's not here. Scott's traveling. He's on the road doing all his his things that he does. But uh, I just recorded a podcast for uh, our parent company, Rob Seco, for their field, our podcast called Field Ready. So if you're not subscribed to that, I encourage you to do so. Lots of good information there. Uh, and sometimes I guest host that show, and I happened to guest host this past week and interviewed Rob Seco CFO, Ryan Halls, to talk about interest rates and lots of financial things that are currently uh, affecting the, the ag sector, uh, as well as just uh, in, in outside of it as well, and just in general across the country. And there's some really good information, so I thought that it would be a really good opportunity for us to uh, kind of share in that podcast and share that with you guys, but also just to share some information that I thought was really relevant and, and pertinent to the Dairy Dive. So if you will, we're going to cut right now to the Field Ready podcast uh, as I interview Ryan Halls. Well, welcome to the Field Ready podcast. Uh, I am uh, I am your somewhat recurring co-host, Andrew Crabtree. I'm filling in for Jim Robinson today, so uh, bear with me. Thanks for having me. And today we are joined by Rob Seco's own Ryan Halls. Ryan, you are not a licensed tax professional, so I just want to get that out of the way. I want to be really upfront. If if, if you are here listening for tax professional, like licensed advice, go somewhere else. But if you're happy to listen to somebody who knows a ton about the financial industry and is going to be in a really good, engaging conversation and useful information, then I encourage you to stick around. Ryan, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Uh, great to be here. Um, looking forward to our discussion. Um, and yeah, see where we go from here. Long time listener, first time caller, right? Yes, definitely. First time. Um, excited to be a part of this. I think, uh, you know, uh, talk, talking about finance topics, I think it, it energizes me. And we're in a, an interesting environment, obviously. Um, I can give a little bit about my background. So yeah, I'm, I'm the... Yeah, I'm the Rob Seco uh, CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. Been with the company for about two years, a little over two years now. Um, and my prior experience has been uh, with Syngenta for 11 years in various roles, but all in finance, supporting operations, uh, supply chain, and also on the commercial side as well. Um, and my last stint with uh, Syngenta was the Golden Harvest Controller. Um, and then went over to Cargo for a couple years as well and got into different businesses. I uh, was in cocoa and chocolate, animal nutrition, but wanted to get back into the seed industry um, and had the opportunity to join Rob Seco. And, and it's been a good, good couple years already. So if anyone doubted Ryan's uh, financial chops, he said he's been with Rob Seco for two years. If anybody doubted his chops, they need to ask him how many acquisitions he's been a part of in the two years he's been at Rob Seco. And I think they'll appreciate uh, what Ryan brings to the table. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> you, a, uh, I would say you hit the ground running. Yeah, for sure. 
about six months in, we had our first acquisition six months into the, into the job. And, and we've had a number of them since we've had uh, five seed acquisitions to date. And so it's been exciting to see the, the business really take off and, and, and grow. So uh, good to be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, uh, as we're talking about finance, I think there are just any number of intricate, interesting, complicated, whatever you want here, number of topics that are uh, unique to our present time and climate. So if we would have had this conversation a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, it's probably a vastly different conversation than we're having today. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, we, we've really started to see uh, interest rates start to rise and, and a lot of that, you know, inflation pressures that we've seen. And, and I think, uh, you know, as we continue on in this year, we're, you know, moving on into 2023, we'll probably continue to see this kind of climate where we're seeing interest rate pressures and increases uh, over time uh, to try to uh, try to lessen the burden of the inflation impacts. No, you talk about interest rates, and I think that's a really good launching point because uh, and when we talk about something that, you know, farmers need to borrow money for a lot of different things in a lot of different ways, right? And that interest rate impacts them. So like, how is that how has that changed even in the last six months to a year versus what it's looked like, you know, in the more recent history? Yeah. So, I mean, if you kind of look back in time, you know, interest rates have been very low for a number of years. Actually, uh, uh, I'll talk a bit more about the prime rate and what that really means. But that's a big gauge that we use to understand what the the borrowing cost is for for individuals and businesses. And and that has gotten to where it's above, it's right at 7% currently. Um, and historically speaking, if you look at over the last several years, in the last 15 years, it hasn't been above that level. So we have seen an increase in the cost of money and borrowing uh, quite substantially. And in the last year, it's really taken off, obviously. We were at historic lows uh, for several years. And, and really, um, the last... Well, the last time we saw a huge spike is in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, we actually reached a 21.5%, which is crazy, in in December 1980. So uh, we're a long ways from that. So if you think it's bad now. (laughs) Yeah, we're a long ways from that. And we don't don't anticipate and hope that that happens. But uh, uh, that is kind of the the high watermark, I would say. So, can yeah, maybe... uh... I would say for our listeners at home who don't know, but let's just go ahead and say for me who doesn't know, because this is, you know, as we look at things that Andrew knows a lot about, finance is not one of them. Uh, what, what would you, how would you define the prime, the prime rate? And like, you know, what is that exactly? Well, I would say, you know, the, to kind of back it up, obviously, uh, uh, you know, interest rate is what is charged to, to consumers uh, for the, for the use of cash. Right. And when you look at, uh the, taking it to the Fed funds rate, and that's really kind of the basis. Um, so the Fed, the Federal Reserve sets a, a target rate for overnight bank lending, and that really kind of sets the stage. And so that's around 4%. Um, and then you, when you get to prime interest rates, that's really what um, sets the stage for uh, individual lenders and businesses. And that's really the primary index used by bank lending institutions uh, for short and midterm loans, 
um, which could be, you know, lines of credit for businesses or farming operations as well. And so that becomes really the basis. And that's usually about 3% higher than the Fed funds rates. So that's that 7% that I was discussing before. So I think, you know, that's where we're at. And that's really the primary driver, I would say, is, you know, you back it up to the Fed funds rates, but then you take it to uh, what the prime interest rate is, because that's really what a lot of the consumers and the farmers and and the businesses are really used to seeing. So if I'm a farmer, if I'm a farmer and I want to buy my neighbor's my neighbor's land, and I hear the Fed rates at four percent, and I get excited, I can't go as a as a you know farmer down the road. I can't go to the Fed and get that four percent. I have to go through one of you know any number of institutions that are between me and the Fed. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, you, that is really for those financial institutions for overnight trading because they do have regulations to uh, abide by having a certain amount of percentage of cash uh, at the end of each closing day. So that's really reserved for the banks. And obviously they have a cost to uh, lend that out and they're trying to make a profit as well. So really the the prime interest rate is what we historically as individuals and and farmers and and the like really are accustomed to seeing. Obviously, sense. there's programs. There's programs out there that individuals can, you know, get below that. But that's kind of the basis, I guess, for for most lending institutions. No, that makes sense to me. So you, you mentioned kind of we, we talked about this idea of you know the trickle down to the farmer and the grower. As we see these impact or these uh, these these rates raise, what impact is that going to have? Maybe immediately, and even as we go out a few years, what's that going to look like on on farm? Well, I think uh, one of the big things is really, you know, hopefully, depending on every farmer, everybody has a different balance sheet, um, you know, different cash reserves that they may have. Um, but I think it's going to definitely tighten, you know, up a little bit just because uh, the cash is going to be more expensive. And so, you know, looking at the cost that they would have to, uh, if they're going to incur a farm loan, um, that is obviously going to go up. And so they need to consider that when they're looking at, you know, uh, buying that next piece of equipment or investing in their, uh, their business, uh, they, they need to consider the cost of that capital. Um, in the last few years, obviously the cost of capital was relatively low, so it wasn't a big factor, but I think in today's environment, that's something that, that farmers, unless they're significantly cash heavy, they obviously need to consider, um, like anything, you got to look at the return on investment. But I do think that you got to also look at that cost of capital a little bit harder these days. So, yeah, add on inflation to that, and then you know the the choices that get made on farmer are maybe scrutinized more heavily. Yeah, that's correct. Yep, it's important to put the pencil down a little bit harder these days. Yeah, no kidding. Not just for not just on the farm, but I mean even at the grocery store. I mean, I, there's a. There's there's definitely harder decisions to be made uh, than there have been in the recent years. So uh, when we talk about these these interest rates, what you know, you hear lots of things, but what what are you in your opinion the main drivers for the increases in the rates? Why are we seeing these rates go up? Well, I think the biggest thing is really just to try to con- control inflation. Um, as we've seen, you know, the consumer price index it it's been above eight percent. Um, it's come down a little bit, this last report. Uh, we'll have to see how it uh, comes out in, in this upcoming report that will come out in December. 
but hopefully the trend is continuing to see it go down. But it's really to curb curb the inflation, and that's what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. You know, there's a lot of drivers that kind of set the stage up for this. Um, you know, you could debate on what are the big drivers, but I would say predominantly, obviously, COVID had played a big factor. You know, uh, really the supply chains were disrupted, um, and that really did create a lot of havoc. And even in and today we're seeing, you know, China having further lockdowns and and all of that. We're such a global economy these days, you know, um, those impacts really feel globally. Uh, we're not completely isolated in the United States. And so when we have big disruptions, that creates a lot of havoc. Um, and then obviously, you know, there was a lot of people that, you know, during the COVID, there was a lot of cash that was actually put aside. Um, and so that has has started to bleed out into uh, goods and services and, and folks have been traveling and folks have been out and about, you know, spending that cash reserves. And I think that's also obviously been a big driver is, you know, we weren't able to do much for for a couple of years. And so, you know, that has also put a lot of pressure in addition to the supply chains, um, the into the, the inflation impacts that we're seeing today. No. That's well said. It's I, I, I guess I'm hearing you say it's kind of a trickle down. So it may not be, you know, the, the, the interest rates or how financing affects you may not be how things operate in Nebraska or Illinois or wherever you're listening to this from. But it's from around the globe and it's maybe not even how things are affected today, but how things have been affected for the last two years. That's correct. I, I, would, I, I think we, we just don't live in, uh, you know, we live in our little towns uh, across the country or our big cities, but. But there are global impacts that also impact us all. Obviously, you know, the fuel prices have, have been a big contributor, too. And uh, don't want to negate how big that is. Obviously, when you see uh, fuel prices spike like they have in the last year or so, um, that has a trickle-down effect as well uh, because all our supply chains are reliant on trucking that uh, product to uh, the market. So. I was say anybody that's uh, filled a tractor with diesel fuel lately, I think, understands that impact quite well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge cost increase, and obviously, we've seen input costs also. You know, fertilizers and the like uh, have have been on a record pace as well. So, so I'm going to ask you now. So, uh, as we, you know, we, I think. I think the longer we talk about this, the more people understand the negative effects of, of interest rates and, and the cost of money and, and inflation and all of these things. But as a farmer is going to look to, okay, you know, I have to survive this period of time and hopefully, you know, hopefully things get better soon. But as I'm looking on how to, how to maybe, maybe creative is not the right word, but what are some ways that guys can look and in other ways than just run to the bank and taking their money? What are some ways that guys can, uh, navigate around some of these higher costs? Yeah, I do think, you know, um, especially in agriculture, there's, you know, a lot of programs for, you know, seed or for for other inputs that are available um, because, the you know, the interest rates really did increase uh, really dramatically, and I don't think anybody could have predicted that. And a lot of companies, you know, put together programs um, prior to, you know, seeing what's what's fully happened. And so I do think there's still a, a, an adequate supply of good programs out there available, you know, even some 0% financing programs that are in today's world, even more attractive, because obviously we talked about, 
you know, the cost of money and what that looks like today. And so that is a huge opportunity for these guys to, you know, not take out a loan, but also get their inputs that they need and hopefully get, you know, a zero percent or or maybe even a cash discount in, in addition to that. I think there's definitely some opportunity out there in the marketplace to uh, secure your inputs um, with very little cost to you still today. That may change in the future, but I will say that, uh, you know, a lot of the, there is still a number of programs out there that, uh, that offer some very attractive financing. And again, it's more important today than it was, you know, a year ago. Uh, I think these programs are even more beneficial to the grower. So hopefully we've got a, a wide array of uh, Rob Seco customers and dealers and Master's Choice customers and dealers listening to listening to this podcast. And so uh, for people that are in this, you know, in the Rob Seco kind of family, what specifically is Rob Seco have that might be of interest that could that could help help them out? Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely offer uh, finance programs uh, through Robo and JDF. Uh, we actually have a, a de- de- December 15th period coming up and there's an 8% early cash. So if you have cash, that's, you know, a great opportunity to uh, get in there. And we also offer, you know, 0% financing even through J- January 15th that wouldn't be paid until uh, the following December. So very attractive programs, again, with the cost of money today, I think those are uh, very significant uh, for our customers. And, you know, I think we're going to see, we've continued to see more financing uh, taking place this year. Uh, We anticipate we're going to see a lot more, you know, when the uh, 0% kind of rolls off here in January. So uh, we're excited to continue to offer that this year. and, And I think it is obviously a great, great way to to lock in, get your seed purchases, and not really have a financing cost for this year. So that's that's pretty impressive. No, it is. That's that's good information, and I think that's something that uh, right now, of all times, can can really uh, can really help some people out. So uh, we've spent some time kind of talking about how how these things impact individual growers are, are kind of like this uh, on this micro scale. But if we if we you know back up a little bit. And let's take more of a thirty thousand foot uh, a view of things. As interest rates rise, and you know, and hopefully they don't continue to go to go too crazy. But let's just say that they do uh, continue to rise. How do you think? What 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 could you see in agriculture or in seeds as a whole that might look a little different than it has before? Well, I think you know uh, when I look at it a little bit, you know, deeper, you you kind of can see a few things that are going to happen over time. Um, we, you know, land prices, you know, they've been at historic levels. We, there's a new dynamic in there. Uh, you know, you got investors out there looking at land, but you know, if everything was equal, um, you would expect land prices to start to stabilize and maybe even go down. Obviously we've seen in the housing market, you know, some of that, you know, has also started to shut her down, but as you continue to increase the cost of money, um, that that's going to put more pressure on, uh, the ability for people to purchase those uh, assets. And so, you know, land would be one. I think you're going to see machinery, you know, a lot of machinery, you know, we've seen very high machinery costs, even, you know, used machinery for a number of years. And and I think you're going to see a lot more pressure there. Um, obviously, cash is king. You know, if you're sitting on a good pile of cash, you might be able to get some attractive deals um, in the future. 
And so I, you know, I think there will be some good opportunities for guys in that situation, but, you know, I think there's going to be downward pressure, um, albeit, you know, there's a few new dynamics that we haven't seen uh, historically speaking, but uh, I think you're going to see if it continues to be at the, you know, the interest rates continue to rise as they have been, I think we're going to see, you know, continued pressure um, and clamping down on, on big time, big, big purchases um, uh, overall. And that's no different in, in business, in the business world as well. You know, you're going to see, unfortunately, tougher decisions if it continues down the path where interest rates continue to climb. Um, hopefully we never see 21 and a half percent again. Um, I don't think that's realistic, but uh, um, that would Hope be a not. very <laughs> bad day. Yeah. So, so maybe instead of, uh, instead of buying a new truck, we put new tires on the old truck. Might be a good idea just to uh, res- reserve some cash, you know, just for, you know, something that might come down the road versus uh, investing wholeheartedly today uh, probably is a wise decision to maybe hold off unless, you know, you're sitting on a, you know, you just sold a bunch of grain at, you know, $14 a bushel on, on your beans and $6 on corn and you're, really scratching your head what to do. But, um, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to set back a little bit. I would say you, you could take it that, that nice pile of cash you're sitting on and go buy a new Ford, but I, I don't think you can do that right now, can you? Haven't we learned that lesson at Rob Seco? There's no new Fords to be had? Yeah, they're hard to come by, that's for sure. <laughs> I think uh, for an individual, it's a little bit easier, but uh, we operate a fleet, and so that, that has been a challenge for sure. Well, I I'm, I probably put some bad information out there. I said instead of buying a new truck, that you could you should put new tires on it. And I just put tires on my wife's vehicle, and they are not immune to inflation either. So I think rubber is another one of those things that's up right now. So maybe maybe wait on the tires too. I don't know. That's for you to decide. Well, we, yeah, um, we want to make sure you're safe though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You got to balance that out. Uh, just just to wrap up here, so. What reasons would there be for optimism right now? I know that there's, you know, like we've sat here and we've beleaguered um, how much more expensive things are. Um, what reason would there be for hope? And, you know, hopefully we can leave we leave the people listening to this on, on a happier note than just like, hey, guys, inflation sucks. Get used to it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for sure. I think, you know, it is something we haven't seen in a number of years. Right. And so it's uh, kind of getting used to the that new normal. But. I think, uh, you know, if you look back in time from 1950 to today, you know, the average uh, prime uh, index or interest rate has been about six and a half percent. So we're right a a little bit above that right now. So we're not like out of the realm of, uh, you know, craziness, I would say. I think we're kind of middle of the road, but, you know, it could get a little bit more tense in the future. But I think there's a good opportunity, you know, people just need to really look at their investments. I think there's a lot of new technology out there too that offer, you know, we we have streamlined ag business and, you know, so there's crop inputs that can really enhance your your uh, product performance. And, and with the current environment of high commodity prices, it's important to protect that and, and get the most uh, uh, benefit out of, you know, those new technologies that are out there. So I think with the high commodity prices, it's protecting that investment. With anything, you know, you got to look at the return on investment and really understand uh, with that new cost of, of financing, uh, 
to ensure that you're factoring that in as well and taking advantage of those, you know, very attractive programs that may be out there today. So I think it's, you know, trying to cut costs where you can, but it's still looking at those opportunities where you can truly add value and it's all about return on investment. And so it's not that you shutter anything down. You really focus on what's going to drive your business and drive your business profitably. And I think that's what's important. It's important in any day, but it's probably worth a little bit extra effort to look at those options um, as you see the cost of money increase. Yeah, well said. And as uh, as we wrap up, this is kind of my last my last uh, little prompt here for you. But is is there we talk about hope and ways you know reasons for optimism? Is there are there some ways that guys can navigate through maybe this uh, this little bit of a difficult stretch that maybe benefit them in the long run? Maybe there's some good habits that we can learn or some bad habits that we can get out of that that maybe you know if maybe the one thing that they really take out of this little tough stretch is that you know in the future, they're going to be a lot more solid business. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, continuing to uh, stay the course, you know, looking at the long-term view, uh, not getting in the short window of, you know, why, you know, I think there's a great opportunity as you look forward to, it's not doom and gloom just today. I think it's going to continue to be a prosperous uh, uh, several years. Obviously commodity prices are, still at a great attractive level where farmers, you know, albeit the inputs might be a little bit higher than what they've been used to the last few years, but there's still good ample opportunity to make a good profit. So I think it's continuing to stay the course um, to, to look at those long-term growth investments, understand, you know, your cost of money and just make better, you know, more, uh, more intelligent decisions based off of the facts that you have today. And you can't anticipate everything, but it's really just, you know, focusing on those those pieces of your business that you can improve. You might have to not do everything once. You know, it's not an open checkbook, but uh, I think you got to really just take a little bit more caution. But I think it's always good business practice to ensure that you, you feel comfortable with an investment that you're looking into and ensuring that it's going to add value to your bottom line. Well, very well said. Ryan, the next time you come on the podcast, you will not be able to say it was your first time. How's that feel? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I got my first one out of the way, and I look forward to being a part of it in the future. So thank you. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. I learned a ton, so uh, uh, hopefully that means other people did, but they probably started from a stronger place than I did. But uh, we appreciate you coming on. We can't wait to do it again. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it.